Fun is very underrated. <laughs> you guys should try it. Um, because like when I have fun now, I'm like, oh my God, why am I not having more fun? <laughs> I used to be so fun. I used to be so fun. Oh, Dawson, look, there's your mom. Back to you, Bob. And welcome to Back to You, Bob, a Dawson's Creek podcast. We are your hosts, Christina and Micah, and this is episode 216, Be Careful What You Wish For, which originally aired on March 3rd, 1999, 3399. I really like that. Three times three is nine. Ooh. Mathematically makes me feel really good. 3399. Spring break right around the corner. What were you doing for spring break in 1999? Watching Price is Right and Days of Our Lives. <laughs> and what's changed? true what are we drinking we're drinking a rum and coke so you know the drill it reminds me of college slash my early 20s measure with your heart that's what i was gonna say rum is such like a cheap college liquor to me like i don't drink any rum now ever except for today a fine day dawson's birthday dawson's 16th birthday why don't you tell us about it this episode opens in Dawson's bedroom where Pacey is excited for Dawson because it's going to be his 16th birthday in a matter of minutes. But Dawson's freaking out. He's realizing he didn't accomplish much this year. He's still his analytical, annoying self while everyone else seems to be moving on and progressing. Pacey's growing. Joey's on her art journey. Even Jen is making moves. Although they're lateral, she's still moving. He's having the birthday spirals. Pacey advises Dawson to do something definitive. And Dawson says he's going to get Joey back. How's that for definitive? So Pacey and Joey, along with Dawson's parents, are planning an elaborate birthday surprise party for him. In the meantime, Dawson and Joey discuss their childhood tradition of making a wish every time it snows and how it looks like they're about to have a snowfall. Dawson says his wish would be to get Joey back romantically, not just as a friend. He feels it and he felt something during that whole Jack saga and he knows that she feels it too. She says the reason that they broke up was about her, not him. And that hasn't changed. Andy, meanwhile, tells her therapist that she has one wish. She just wants to be like everyone else, you know, have no worries and just be able to go with the flow. Her anxiety doesn't allow her to do that. Andy's therapist gives her a different kind of prescription. For one night only, have fun. Forget about what everyone else thinks and just have fun. One night of imperfection. So Pacey and Andy take Dawson out before the party as part of the surprise plan. And they end up stopping at a jazz club, the one that we've been seeing for the last few episodes. And Andy and Dawson, both looking for something different, discuss letting loose it being someone different for the night. They get drunk on rum and cokes and end up singing the blues on stage in a hilarious song. Jack, meanwhile, has found that he is a new fan in Abby, who he hates. But she's fascinated that he's the first guy to come out in Capeside. And she has these tuna little sidekicks with her and the three of them are chasing Jack around the whole episode. At Dawson's party, Jack has a little bit of a glow up. You know, he does his hair and it drives Abby wild. Abby tells Jack that, you know, maybe they're all a little gay or maybe they're all a little bi. And Jack just finds this oddly comforting and the two end up kissing in Dawson's bed, which Joey walks in on and sees and she is not happy about. Dawson, Andy and Pacey show up at the party and Andy and Dawson are drunk out of their minds. When Dawson's blowing out his birthday candle, he gives a drunken speech where he basically eviscerates everyone in the room. Pacey, Joey, Jack, his mom, his dad, Jen, 
He lets everything out that he's been feeling, and he laces it with some intense vitriol. When it comes to Mitch and Gail in this episode, they're at each other's throats from the onset. Mitch has let himself into the house to cook Dawson his favorite breakfast food, a birthday tradition, and Gail doesn't love that Mitch just let himself in. And Mitch does not approve of the birthday gift she bought him, which is a brand new car, an Explorer. Gail makes a few digs at Mitch throughout the episode about how he's the one that calls all the shots in their marriage, like the decision to end it. Mitch keeps saying how he would have got Dawson an old car like his dad did, teach him the value of hard work. And after Dawson's drunk display, Gail realizes that maybe Mitch was right, and they decide to go in on an old car for him and return the new one. They have a nice moment on the porch where they realize they're each just doing their best. After the party, Jack apologizes to Joey about Abby. He says that she just made him feel like everyone else for a minute. He was feeling alone and he just wanted to feel normal. Tonight was about not feeling alone. So Jen, meanwhile, you know, she and Ty have been getting closer and closer. And now they're getting really hot and heavy, a little too hot and heavy for Tyson's liking. He says that he plans to stay a virgin until marriage and he doesn't appreciate Jen tempting him. He ends up slut shaming her and bringing up her past and her reputation. Jen has put up with a lot from Ty in the last few weeks, but this is her breaking point. She tells him that it's over. And later, he kind of tries to reverse it and dump her first or dump her back. She's so disappointed because he was the best thing to happen to her in a while. She's realizing these things that she thought made him complex and layered actually make him confusing and a hypocrite. He wants to deal with his issues and come back to her someday, but she tells him someone who made her feel like that doesn't deserve it, maybe. The door is closed. Joey forgives Dawson for what he said. You know, she says he's allowed to get drunk and let loose once in a while. And besides, everything he said about her was true. Joey says breaking up with Dawson wasn't about anything wrong with him. It was actually about how good he is for her. She needed to find out where they ended and where she began. She's still figuring it out. He says he's so lonely and asks her to hurry up and find out who she is. He says he loves her and passes out drunk. After he's asleep, she says she loves him too. And then it snows and she watches it from the inside. And that is be careful what you wish for. What a roller coaster. What a roller coaster. I loved watching Andy and Dawson have fun. It was a fun, funny, light episode. Yeah. Dawson says a lot of heavy stuff when he's approaching his birthday cake moment, but it is a fun, funny, light episode. Yeah. I feel like we needed it. It's been heavy. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Who wrote this comedic genius? This episode was written by Heidi Ferrer. She writes... This episode and then one episode next season, she actually doesn't have a ton of credits. She wrote one episode of Wasteland, which is also a Kevin Williamson show. She wrote an episode of Black Scorpion. She wrote the movie Princess, which I think is an ABC family, perhaps. And she wrote the movie The Hottie and the Naughty, which is a Paris Hilton joint. And it is rated number five on IMDb's lowest rated movies list of all time. But the thing I found interesting in researching her is that she actually died by suicide at the age of 50 because of a battle with long COVID. So I went down this whole rabbit hole of like her husband is also in the industry. And so he's kind of spoken out afterwards and taken on this role as an advocate for people who were affected by long COVID. And he said her battle with it was wild. Like she had extensive pain, exhaustion. She couldn't get out of bed. He said it was to the point that even when she was laying in bed because she couldn't get out of bed, she couldn't even read a book. Like she was so depleted and in pain. And obviously it's very tragic. 
but she passed away and he got really involved with this foundation called Survivor Corps, which provides education and resources for patients, both of just COVID in general and long COVID and trying to like connect them with medical and scientific research and get them the latest and greatest information. So he really dug into that. Like I said, he was an advocate for her and just making sure that people were aware that this is like a real problem. And then he ended up marrying the founder of Survivor Corps who helped him through the grieving process of his wife. So now he has this whole second life with the woman who founded Survivor Corps. Isn't that a crazy story? That is crazy. I know. I remember this story at the time when when her death broke. I didn't connect it with her name until you said it, but I do remember that this was a big story. You know, anything, of course, Dawson's Creek, I, I clock and I remember this sad story. Crazy. Well, I truly wish him and her son all the best. Well, it was a very funny episode, so I like her writing. No, it was a great episode. And she was only helped by the fact that this episode was directed by David Semmel, who we know very well. He's old reliable, and it was another great episode for him. Yeah, he's the old tried and true. Mm-hmm. We love him. Absolutely. He's a staple. He's a staple. What about guest cast shout out? I don't have a guest cast shout out for this week, but I will just say it's always good to have a Nina repeat a moment. It was nice to have Bessie back this episode and to have her kind of come in and give Joey some much needed advice. Just wanted to recognize it because she's not with us as consistently as she was last year. I can't believe you don't have a guest cast shout out. I have a guest cast shout out. Who? Okay. So did you not, did you notice who Abby's little friends are? No. One is Joanna Garcia Swisher. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. I did not clock that. Yeah, so one of Abby's little sidekicks, Tracy, is Joanna Garcia Swisher, who's been on Reba. You know, she was Cheyenne. She's been on everything. She's has a huge career now. Also married to Nick Swisher from the Yankees. Yeah, which is good for her. She's on a show called Sweet Magnolias currently. That's what I was going to say. My mom is watching Sweet Magnolias, so I've definitely seen a couple of episodes of that. She was on a really good sitcom called Better With You, but according to her resume, she's been on Gossip Girl, How I Met Your Mother. She was the star of a show on CW called Privileged. I mean, Reba was on for six or seven years, Grandfathered, Once Upon a Time, Indie Project, Royal Pains. Five episodes of Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Well, look at you coming in and taking over <laughs> guest cash shout out. I knew I knew her, but I was confusing her with someone else. And then I looked at her more and I was like, oh my God, is that? She was one of the stars of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That. We have a star in our midst. Also, for anyone who hasn't seen Reba, must see TV. That's got to be streaming somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just a very underrated sitcom. I highly recommend. Well, anywho, that's a great one. Thanks for bringing it to the table. No problem. What about music moment? Again, there are a lot of great songs and a lot of great artists, but I don't really have one that stood out to me as a music moment to you. I agree. No, I don't. It's, you know, it's a party episode. So there's party music and like, I know Blondie's in it, Natalie Merchant, but do the moments stick out? Do the moments pierce through my memory? No. No, same. But they're good songs and they will be on our Spotify playlist. Sure will. Sure will. Damn Skippy darn tootin'. (laughs) What about your past versus present? I don't really have one. I think the only thing I can say is that I feel like Abby has a very Gen Z outlook on 
that sexuality is a spectrum. I don't know if she necessarily believes it or if she's just trying to gas Jack up, but everything she was saying really rings true to what how I feel like a lot of people feel right now. And I thought it was way ahead of its time. It was way ahead of its time. It's a spectrum. Sex is a spectrum. Yeah. Everyone's a little bi kind of thing. Kinsey. Kinsey. Yeah, exactly. What about you? I guess, as I've talked about, I relate to Andy so much. I I just feel like what she went through then maybe is like how I feel now. When she says to her therapist, you know, I just want to be like everyone else and just not worry. Oh, yeah. Like the flow. And I'm just like, I think about that every day. I'm like, there's people out there who are like, don't worry about these things and don't fret over these things. That's crazy. Because I can't even wrap my head around not being how I am. And, and I can't wrap my head around being like that. Totally. I wrote that down too. Like happy-go-lucky is just like such a foreign concept to me. I wish I could get rid of all my worries and just sail through life, she said. Yeah. And I'm sure I related to it at the time too, because like I said, I was a little bit like that, but it was one of those things where I didn't really have worries. I just invented them or thought they were big at the time, you know? And also then she was supposed to be the outlier. Like she was supposed to be the one experiencing all of these things. And now I feel like she's the majority. <laughs> I feel like way less people have no stress or worries or anxiety. Absolutely. It's crazy. Sure is. That's a good one. Now she's just, everyone would relate to her watching that now. Absolutely. Well, let's open this sucker up. Let's open it up. I thought it was funny when Dawson's spiraling about turning 16 and that Joey and Jack and the whole thing. And he's like, what is it? What is this straight girl gay guy thing? Like, you better keep an eye on Andy, blah, blah, blah. And Pacey is like, yeah, the evil gay plan to keep the species from procreating. Like, just thinking Dawson's ridiculous. That was so weird. Yeah. I thought it was just a funny moment for Pacey to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he was really spiraling. Relatable. Birthday spirals are... Oh, my God. Every year. What did I accomplish this year? What did I change? How did I grow? And some years you don't. Some years are just lateral years. And anytime you're entering a new or close to entering a new decade, anytime you're at the halfway point, any birthday that ends in Mm -hmm. a five is always a little tricky for me. I'm like, okay, halfway through the decade, what have we done? Nothing. Absolutely. So I relate to Dawson on his birthday spirals. Me too. I liked Gail's little cute white monochromatic number when she comes down for breakfast. I didn't notice that. Very chic. Well, we know Gail's fashion is next level, especially for Cape Side. Top notch. And like, what is Gail's salary? She's buying an Explorer without her husband's help. She's a boss, babe. She's killing it. She's killing it. But he mentions, I want to substitute the school. I've given up my restaurant dreams. I'm, you know, I'm making moves because he can't contribute to Dawson's new car. And this is because he's on his restaurant journey. Yeah. I mean, he, he does very little. <laughs> I mean, hopefully they, they've mentioned the grandfather a few times now, maybe grandfather leary was left them some money i mean i don't know true they were very close something's got to be going on did your parents make you birthday breakfasts no did yours (laughs) (laughs) the only thing we did every morning before school was fight all of us fought (laughs) same every every type of dynamic fight you could think of just go from room to room to room we were all fighting over bathrooms fighting over getting off the door on time fighting over waking up too late i didn't fight with my brother because we were so far apart but 
otherwise we were all fighting me and my mom me and my dad my dad and my mom because i was in bed until one minute before i had to be out the door i know it's so funny i used to like ask my parents to wake me up like at a certain time and then like i would get mad if they woke me up too early i would get mad if they woke me up too late oh yeah sometimes i would get mad about like how they woke me up. <laughs> oh yeah like if, if they screamed up the stairs like mike wake up I'd be like, don't scream at me. <laughs> but like, if they came in and like shook me and they scared me awake, I'd be like, don't scare me awake. God, I was a nightmare. No, I'm. that's universal. That is a universal <laughs> experience. How dare you wake me up two minutes before I wanted you to. I could have been sleeping for two more minutes. And I also remember being like, you don't understand. I'm just so tired. And my dad being like, do you think I'm not tired? You just have to get up. Oh, my God. You don't understand, Dad. (laughs) You don't understand sleep. You need it. Oh, my God. So funny. (laughs) Tracy Kelly, this is Jack McPhee. Andy and her friends love the gays. Let me tell you, they yeah. think that is the best thing to ever happen to Cape Side. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, I watched Ellen the whole run. <laughs> and the one girl says, you're the first gay person I've ever met. And Abby says, that's a waste because you're a total babe. And he says, I would take that as a compliment if it wasn't coming from Satan. Yeah, he he is openly hating Abby for 75% of this episode. <laughs> he hates her. And she loves him, so. But she just likes that he's gay and different. Like, to her, gay means, like, big city. Just the way yeah. Jen was, like, a shiny new coin a couple weeks ago. Now it's Jack. Oh, my God. You're so right. Anything to mix up the boredom of Cape Said. Exactly. Andy's in therapy, which we knew. Mm-hmm. And her therapist is like, just go out and have fun. Her therapist is like, I've got a prescription for you, but it's not medication. <laughs> It's one night of imperfection. I think it's fun. I think it's fun little reminder that you can like go out and let loose and it doesn't define you. For sure. Fun is very underrated. <laughs> you guys should try it. Uh, because like when I have fun now, I'm like, oh my God, why am I having more fun? <laughs> I used to be so fun. I used to be so fun. And now I'm like, uh, going out. But I think a lot of that is like me. I feel like meme culture sometimes gaslights me or persuades me. To not like those memes about being in bed at like 6 p.m. or like going out after eight, those they're like really funny. But I'm like, am I like that or am I just like that because like the memes tell me I should be like that? Hmm. Because if I had it my way, I would still be going out and having fun and partying. And blah, blah, blah. But I feel like people are like, you're 40, you should be in bed by 10. Yeah, you should not. You should not let the memes direct you in that way. <laughs> <laughs> the interwebs, Jennifer, Jennifer, what are you doing on the interwebs? Dawson and Joey wish upon snowfall, which I've never heard of, but go off, King. (laughs) (laughs) And he's aggressively pursuing Joey. Yeah. So last episode, I think I said he was really playing it cool. Opposite. Opposite this episode. He is the opposite of playing it cool. He is telling her that he wants her. He wants to be with her. She's like, yeah, let's get our friendship back. And he's like, I am not talking about a friendship. I want you back yes and this is all tied to his feeling like he had a stagnant year and he's needs to do something definitive to kind of make sure that this year wasn't a waste and 
being with Joy romantically is that definitive thing that would make him feel like he progressed this year. But the thing that I loved is he walks into the ice house and asks her to talk. And that's when they kind of have this conversation. And right before that, Joey and Bessie have a heart to heart about what Joey's life has been like and what her next move should be and like how she's kind of going through our time with all the Jack stuff. And Bessie says, I know what your next move needs to be. You need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on yourself, focus on your art, just get yourself in a good place. And I was so glad that they had had that conversation right before Dawson came in. So it was like she wasn't as swayed by him. Yeah. And he's really offended that she doesn't want to get back together. And he says, I wouldn't count on snow today. <laughs> yes. And he takes off. Cool story, Dawson. She's a sick burn. <laughs> he obviously has not been watching the Weather Channel with Jack. <laughs> Call back. Call back. So Joey is throwing Dawson a surprise party and Andy and Pacey are distracting him while everybody arrives and then they're going to go back. So first we see everybody arrive at the party. Jack comes in and he's put some gel in his hair and everybody loses their minds like they've never seen anyone put gel in their hair. And Abby says, you get gay, you get style. And she says, it's like the transformation from John John to JFK Jr. was all in a jar dippity do. <laughs> I think I got that quote right. That's Going funny. Yes. Jack is gelling up his hair. He's gay now. <laughs> He's hot. And speaking of hot, Ty and Jen keep having these hot moments and he pulls away. And she was like, why do you keep doing that to me? And he's like, we can't have sex. You turned me on too much. Ty sucks so bad. Absolutely. It's awful and there's a hilarious moment where they go out to whose car it's dawson's explorer it's <laughs> it his is. birthday gift yeah they go out to dawson's birthday gift in the garage and are making out to the point that the car is fogged up and they do the titanic handprint on the glass homage love it hilarious but they're making out and he's like i can't do this I can't have sex with you. Just because you want to have sex with me doesn't mean that I can have sex with you. I have morals. And I go to church and you don't. And she's like, I didn't want to have sex with you, actually. He says, like, on a Saturday night, you can catch me at church and you. And she's like, what am I slutting it up somewhere? Saturday night slut. He's like, look, we're types of people. Yeah. Well, history shows. Yeah. He's slut shaming her, using her past against her, using her reputation against her. He blames her for tempting him. Yeah, he says, you're tempting me. I don't believe in premarital sex and nothing you say or do is going to convince me that's okay. I'm like, what? She just wanted to make out. Yeah, and fog up the windows of the car. <laughs> yeah. And they get in this huge fight in the driveway. She pretty much breaks up with him. But then at the end, he comes back to her balcony, her front porch. And he's like, I think we should break up. <laughs> She's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do you think happened two hours ago? Yep. He's... Red flag central. Red flag town. Population tie. Awful. With his disgusting collared shirts and his leather jacket. Stupid face and stupid hair. And his bowl cut. Ugh. Get out of here. Go back to Yellowstone. Who drinks martinis, by the way? Who isn't at least 35? Me, but not... Yeah, not then. You weren't drinking martinis pre-30. No, I only drank beer from like 15 to... Funny until that college vodka age martinis get out of here so speaking of martinis dawson 
Andy, Pacey go to the jazz club that they previously went to with Ty and Jen. <laughs> Andy, Andy's wearing a little cute dress with her hair all curled and she has body glitter everywhere and it is out of control. Did you notice it? She has so much body glitter on. Going over to the jazz club is very funny because they're in Pacey's cop car and Andy wants to turn sirens on and she's living. She's letting loose. She's wearing actually an insane amount of body glitter. Insane. Do you think it was those like Bed Bath & Beyond? I mean, Bed Bath & Body Works. What is it? (laughs) Bath & Body Works? (laughs) Like those, those lotions that had the glitter in it and she was... That line when we were kids, it was like blueberry strawberry i lived in those body glitters no it looks like she went into the art room took some red and silver (laughs) glitter and just like threw it onto her body it's very chunky it's a chunky glitter it's in her hair too or her beret it's everywhere she's keep it's not a beret it's a headband oh beret she's letting her id out she's going wild yeah talk about the id well She tells Dawson that her therapist told her she needed to let her it out for a night. And Dawson goes, you're what out? She has to let her it out to breathe some fresh air for the evening. And Dawson kind of questions her on what that is. And she said, you know, it's from Freud. It's the part of you that holds your purest desires. And it doesn't judge or care what you think. It basically is that part of your brain that has all of your impulses, just like your basic what you want to do. And that's what she needs to let out tonight so she can just do what she wants and won't second guess things. Yep. And she convinces Dawson to let loose, let his it out. And they trick the waitress into giving them rum and Cokes because when she comes back to take their order, they're like, we'll have another. And this one didn't have any rum. So, you know. Couldn't even taste the rum in it. And the waitress is like, oh, I'll make sure this one's a double to make up for it. And then they get blasted. And they get up on stage to sing the blues because it's open mic night. And I have Dawson's lyrics here for his verse. Oh, nice. Dawson's verse goes, my name is Dawson Leary. I'm feeling kind of weary. Today is my birthday and you all look a little blurry. The girl that I cared for left me and ran away. Straight into the arms of a guy who turned out to be gay. I got the blues. Today, I woke up feeling like I was born to lose. Yeah, I got the blues. Some days you were born to lose. And here's my friend Andy. She's going to sing a song because she's got the blues too. So then this is her verse. My name is Andy and my brother's the one who's gay. My other brother died and my daddy ran away. But I'm still Andy and my boyfriend makes me Randy. His name is Pacey and my mom's gone completely (laughs) crazy. I got the blues. I mean... Brilliant. Masterpiece. Hilaire. And James Vanderbeek was really feeling himself during the blues, don't you think? Yeah, he was hamming it up. Hamming it up. And he's like, I got a good voice. Listen, let me show you. He's wearing his Dawson uniform, his brick red (laughs) oversized button down t-shirt underneath and his parachute pants. Obviously. And his weird little necklace. Oh, always a necklace. He always has like a birthstone or something going on in there. (laughs) Like a moon rock or God only knows. It's probably Joey's birthstone. And then the waitress comes up and is like, have you two been drinking? Or uh, how old are you guys? The bartender says you guys look young. And Andy's like, yeah, we are young. We're 16. And guess what? His dad's a cop and you're going to go to jail. And this whole bar is going to get shut down. <laughs> Pacey's like, we're just kidding. We got to go. Bye. I love how Andy turns into like such a Karen in that moment. She's yeah. Like, 
you could lose your liquor license so you can get you fired what are you gonna do about it it made me laugh when (laughs) abby approaches jack at the party and jack goes why do you keep talking to me i don't even like you abby (laughs) and abby's like yeah nobody likes me welcome to the club (laughs) Duh, monica kina killing it as always Dawson and Andy show up to the party drunk. Joey grabs Dawson. She's taking him upstairs. She has a cup of coffee. They walk in on Abby and Jack kissing. Dawson and James Vanderbeek are hysterical because he like bursts out laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He's drunk as hell. Joey tries to get him to drink some coffee and he kind of is just like. (laughs) And he like sings the blues a little bit in the scene. (laughs) And then it's time to sing and blow out the candles so he goes over to the cake and gail is like oh no like she smells it on him she's like dawson have you been drinking and he's like no i'm gonna make a wish and i wrote down everything he said about everybody so he's like i wish that you to gail never hooked up with your co-anchor and i wish that you dad stopped talking about getting a job and actually got a job And I wish you both would stop bickering and pretend to be the adults around here. And I wish you, Pacey, would stop your do-gooder trajectory and get back to what you do best, which is making me feel good about my life because yours is always worse. And Jen, with your drunkenness and your revolving boyfriends, I want to party with you. And then Jack, Mr. Likes Guys But Doesn't Mind Stealing My Girlfriend. He's doing his own version of in and out. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. He does this very theatrical thing where he keeps going in and out. And then he gets to Joey, my Joey, my sweet, precious Joey, the only 16 year old in the world who needed to find herself. And I accept it. And then he looks around, Joey, where are you, Joey? Where are you, Joey? And then he looks at her and says, I found you and kisses her and she pushes him away and he lands in the cake. And I was like, man, that was a lot of truth Dawson just spit. That was crazy. I know. And it was not a small party. There were a lot of people at that party. Yeah. <laughs> they had a big audience for that. Maybe Dawson has a lot of friends. Maybe. I thought it was funny how in the middle of his like Jack tirade, he's like, nice hair, by the way. Yeah. And then I just feel so bad for Mitch. Yeah. What he said to him was awful. And we've seen it come up before. But Dawson has a thing with his dad not working. And then also what he says to Pacey is also terrible. Like your your life is supposed to suck, which makes my life feel better in comparison. Yeah. Basically, like this is why I like you. I like you because you make me feel better about myself. Awful. That's a little brutal. Only Andy is unscathed in her face during it is funny because she's so drunk and she's (laughs) having the best time. Speaking of faces, when Dawson is drunk and collapses on his bed while Abby and Jack are making out. Monica Kina and James Vanderbeek have like a very funny interaction where she's like smiling and laughing at him. But I part of me wondered if it was Abby smiling and laughing or mm. if it was like Monica breaking character. It's very cute and funny. Not to check it out. Dawson and Andy are puking their brains out. They're never drinking again. It's funny. She's puking in the toilet. He's puking in the sink. Brutal. <laughs> Been there. Been there. I said the same thing. Gail is taking the Explorer back. They're going to go in an old car for him and he needs to learn the value of a dollar and learn respect. Yeah. Which I think was a reference to him making fun of the dad not having a job. And I think it was a good call. I mean, I know that Mitch and Gail are in a weird place with each other, but he's right. At the beginning, Mitch, when Mitch first learns about the car, he's like, that's kind of a big decision, like something we should talk about together. So Gail came around to it. 
And agreed. No. Did you get a car for your 16th birthday? 16 for us was permits. 17 was licenses. Well, when did you get your license? 16? Yeah. So I think on your 16th birthday, you could go and take your uh, driver's permit test. And then you had to wait a certain amount of time, like a month or two. And then you can go back for your driving test. Hmm. We had at 16, you could start driving like with an adult, like with your permit. And then 17, you could drive on your own. My parents kept my mom's very first brand new car, which was a 1992 Ford Taurus until I could drive and gave me that. So it was a 10 year old car. And by the time I went off to college, it was like completely falling apart. Nice. I That makes sense, though, because I think Jersey or isn't Jersey kind of known for having bad accidents and on all those turnpikes. bikes. They're very and... aggressive drivers. Yeah. So it's probably smart to have that law. I think Pennsylvania maybe is a little sleepier. So I don't know. Yeah. Makes sense. I think my brother, my brother had a car, like a small little two door thing and he needed it for college because he commuted to college. So I think I just kind of used his, <laughs> I think I used his whenever I could sure. um, or use theirs, but I, I didn't have my own car until much later, like 19, maybe when I went to college. And again, it was like an old car that, my mom got a new one. Makes sense. Yeah. I had I had that car until I went to college. And then the first year of college, I didn't have a car at all because we weren't even allowed to have cars on campus. So when that car died, I just didn't get another one. And then I guess I got one shortly thereafter, similar to you. I'm always fascinated by the idea of like parents giving their kids cars on their 16th birthday. I don't know. It's like a movie, you know, that scene. I just always, I'm like, God, does that happen? Do people pull up with like the ribbon on it? And... It reminds me of, what was that show called? My Super Sweet 16, I think. It's crazy. Well, good for Gail. I mean, look, she's winning the bread. She's <laughs> winning that bread. <laughs> she's getting the car. It's going back. And then Joey and Jack have their little makeup. He says, you know, I just didn't want to feel alone tonight. Abby was kind of treating me like everyone else. She didn't think it was a big deal that I was gay. Yeah. It made me feel good. His biggest fear is ending up alone throughout after all this. And then Joey and Dawson make up and it snows. It snows. And that's kind of how we leave everybody. Crazy episode. Yeah. The last thing that I wrote is just Ty sucks so bad in all caps. Yeah. That was crazy. Such a gaslighter and unreal. No, I dumped you. Yeah. What a little bitch. You didn't dump me. I dumped you. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got. Shall we do a creek speak? We shall. This is from Rory's mom, 1024 on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. As a huge Dawson fan, in parentheses, Team Pacey, I was so excited to find this podcast. You can tell the hosts know what they're talking about regarding the TV industry and also have real fandom of the show. I love rewatching episodes and getting new information. They also make me laugh. The music list is also really helpful because I can quickly find a song to listen to over and over again too, usually the pacey moments. Good for people new to the series or old fans who just can't wait, in quotes, to watch again. <laughs> Very clever, Rory's mom. Very clever. Well, we love that. We like when our behind-the-scenes knowledge can illuminate something. And I'm glad that someone is taking advantage of the music lists and Spotify playlists because that's one of my favorite parts of this. Yes. I put a lot of time into that. I know. I listen to it quite often. I put it on shuffle and just let it wash over me. Of course. That's the best way to do it. Shall we do a Dawson's draft? Absolutely. So this week, the category is best rivalry. Mm. 
and I'm just going to take it from you. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dawson and Pacey because I really do love how it, it starts and then it, it really doesn't let up and it goes kind of the whole way. And I mean, this whole podcast is based on Team Pacey versus Team Dawson. And I feel like it's a legendary rivalry. And the reason that I love it so much is because I love them so much as friends and I love them so much as rivals. And I think it just works. It works for me. It's my number one. I'm into it and I'm jealous. Well, I think I'm going to take a three-way rivalry between Kendall, Roman, and Shiv Roy. Oh, that was a good one. Because, you know, obviously the entire series is a push-pull between the three of them trying to gain the company, respect, like all of this stuff from their father, but their siblings. So it's a very complex relationship. And this is succession for succession. anyone who hasn't. Yes. I mean, if you have more succession at this point, you have to. You must. You must. You don't need to know anything about mergers and acquisitions. You just have to watch. Right. I mean, a lot of the dialogue does go over my head, but when it comes to the family dynamics and the family rivalry, it's so good. It just won a bunch of Golden Globes. Probably going to clean up at the Emmys Absolutely. as well, which will have aired by the time this airs or recording a week in advance. So <laughs> that's a good one. For my number two, I'm going to go with, again, I just want to take this one so you don't, Kevin and Randall Pearson from This Is Us. That is Sterling K. Brown and Justin Hartley's characters. They are brothers mm -hmm. who have a very contentious relationship because Randall is kind of, well, Randall was technically adopted and he's kind of the golden boy. He's such a good person and he's very much like their dad, Milo Ventimiglia's character, even more than Kevin. And so they kind of have this, Kevin's very jealous and oh, they have such a good rivalry and it kind of culminates in the season four finale, I believe, mm -hmm. with this amazing scene, this fight. I watch it pretty often, the fight. And it was so wrought with tension and very well written, very well acted. It's so good. And I like how the rivalry, it's kind of nuanced and it kind of builds over four seasons and they don't have these huge fist fights and it's not super soapy or exaggerated, but it's very real and relatable and I love it. And it makes that moment that you're talking about so much big, like it felt like it was the simmer of the rivalry is so quiet in the beginning that you don't even really realize that it's building. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And then that show plays with time in a very interesting way that a lot of shows before it have not. And so even after their big blow up, they go years into the future and there's still hints of it there, but since they overcame their big fight, they never really let it get to that place again, but it never goes away. Even after they make up, it still kind of is there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. That was on my list. I think I'm going to take, I've been in a very Breaking Bad space lately in my brain. So I think I'm going to take Walter White and Gus Fring. They have this mutual respect for each other, but they also hate each other and want to bring each other down. And it was just so fun to watch the two of them go head to head and also have those moments where they're just kind of sitting and chatting and you're like, what is this relationship? Yeah, that's a good one. Breaking Bad is a show I forget about, but I don't know why, because I was so in love with it when it was on. Mm -hmm. Just never really rewatched it. And it was so dark, I think, especially the last season when it ended, I kind of just put it out of my head. It was so heavy. But it is a great show and I really should honestly rewatch it at some point. That's but good. that's a good one because that actor who plays Gus is so good. So good. I worked with him. Yeah, he's great. So for my number three, I mean, I have to go with Emily Thorne and Victoria Grayson from Revenge. Oh the whole show was built on their rivalry and it was so freaking good. 
Emily Van Camp and Madeline Stowe. They just killed it. And the way it builds every season, that show was kind of brilliant. Every season really got further and further into the rivalry and added layers to it. And it was just so soapy and good. And it ends, you know, the rivalry comes to a conclusion in the finale. And I really missed Revenge. I mean, Revenge was a really fun show. That is a show I never think of. And I loved when it was on. I never think of it. But I remember week to week being like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for revenge. I, hmm, this is out of left field. It's an older comedy. But when I hear the word rivalry, the first two people who come to my brain are Newman and Jerry on Seinfeld. <laughs> like immediately when you say rivalry, I picture the two of them. And whenever, when I lived in LA and my roommate would come home for the day, I would say, hello, Newman. It's just something that sticks with me. It's just a classic. Had to pick it. Yeah, I know that's one of the big, big pop culture rivalries. I I never really watched Seinfeld, so I, I can't. But I, I know Hello Newman. I know I know of Newman and Jerry's rivalry, but I, I got a lot of flack for never really getting into Seinfeld. It's... The weird thing is I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's one of my favorite shows, but I can't get into Seinfeld. I don't know if it's because it's dated or it looks a certain way or I don't know. Seinfeld's tricky too. I feel like it changed a lot in the first couple seasons and then it became what it was in the end. So if you're trying to start it from the beginning to like gain momentum, I can see how it would be tricky, but it's a good one. So for my number four, so I'm not going to pick, I'm going to go, I'm going to go into both. So Kelly Taylor versus Brenda Walsh slash Valerie Malone, because (laughs) let's be honest, Valerie Malone, this is 902 and what we're talking about. Valerie Malone just replaced Brenda Walsh pretty much. It was pretty much a swap. And Kelly had rivalries with both. And I can't pick and I won't pick. <laughs> and team Valerie and Brenda, because Kelly was a bitch. <laughs> and I loved that rivalry. They were always fighting over men, businesses, Dylan, Brandon. Come on. Love it. Love, love it. Love Peak television. Absolutely. Love a soapy rivalry more than anything else. And they were one. Yeah. I'm going to take one that you would never take, but it's Fleabag and Godmother from Fleabag. So Fleabag, most of the characters didn't actually have names. They were never addressed by their names. There were like very few people who were addressed by their names. So it's the main character and her now stepmother who used to be her godmother but then when their mother her actual mother passed her godmother kind of swooped in and wooed her father and it's the godmother is played by olivia coleman who Mm -hmm. is just so freaking good and in everything in everything in every which way i just saw wonka and she was so good in it they have this underlying hate for each other but they never speak it and they always just take little jabs at one another and it's just so good i think they're both phenomenal and you can feel it at all times but you never really hear about it it's great yeah i really do need to watch fleabag because you it's come up a few times in dawson's draft and i watched it but i've said this before i feel like i don't love it as much as i should and as much as everyone else does so i feel like i missed something and i really want to like focus binge it zero in on it it's great but i do remember that rivalry and it is good. For my final one, I saved the best for last. It really should have been number one. But Dynasty, Alexis Colby and Crystal Carrington. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Linda Evans and Joan Collins. The Fountain. The Horse. <laughs> the Shotgun. Always hair pulling. Ripping each other's clothes off. Falling into bushes, waters. Oh, I mean. Evans. TV history. The 
reboot did not do the rivalry justice. You have such a good soapy list. Yeah. You're looking at me I like I mean, I, I skew should... soapy. You do, but that's... You skew grounded, I think. The best rivalries are yeah. in soaps. Soapy things. Well, I think, again, on a comedy note, second to Seinfeld and Newman, when I think about rivalries, I think about Jim and Dwight from The Office, which like we never picked from The Office and we could have picked from The Office for a million different categories. But theirs is just so, I don't know, when I think of a rivalry, I think of them. They both equally try to like cut each other down in really small ways, but they have a very complex relationship. They do love each other in a weird way, but they also can't stand each other. Just, just yeah. them. I'd ever finished The Office, which I, I always really want to go back and finish it, but that rivalry was in it from the pilot. Mm-hmm. And whenever I catch old episodes, it's there. So they really didn't let up on it. And they always found fun new ways to touch on it. Indeed. Well, my list for Dawson's Draft, best rivalry is Dawson and Pacey, Kevin and Randall from This Is Us, Emily Thorne and Victoria Grayson from Revenge, Valerie slash Brenda versus Kelly on 90210, and Alexis versus Crystal from Dynasty. Mine is Kendall, Roman, and Shiv Roy from Succession, Walter White and Gus Spring from Breaking Bad, Jerry and Newman from Seinfeld, Fleabag and Godmother from Fleabag, and Dwight and Jim from The Office. Love it. Good luck. This is a good category. All right, that's it. All right, well, what are we drinking next time? Next week, we are drinking the Crystal Ball. You will need white cranberry juice, apple vodka, cinnamon schnapps. You can make like ball ice cubes if you want to be really on theme. I'm not going to do that, but it sounds like a good one. It actually sounds very fall to me. I'm intrigued. Yeah. And next week's episode is Psychic Friends, and it's episode 217. 217. We're getting into the tail end. How exciting. Yeah, we're getting close to the end of the season, which is wild. It is wild. I feel like we just started. Season two is flying by. Flying by. It's because it's so good, I think. Yeah, it really is. All right. Well, that's it. We will talk to you guys next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.